Breaking Live, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Don't you love a new week? The possibilities. This could be the week you finally get your act together. Or this is the week that you get promoted. Or this is the week you meet Mr. Right or Mrs. So many possibilities with a brand new week. I spent the entire weekend just wishing it was Monday. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty in a dimly lit room. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The bizarre backlash, I guess, against Elon Musk. No. Yeah, I know. You're not going to pretend that's real, are you? Well, that's, see, that's the thing. It's generated more news stories and headlines than, you know, practically anything in the last six months. But the COVID, and I just said, what, what is it? Is it vapor? Is it real? Is somebody actually outraged? It's idiotic. Yeah, it is, as we've discussed. He was the host of Saturday Night Live, and we've got some clips we'll be playing throughout the day. And he was perfectly adequate as a non-actor. Hosting Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. We've got some really interesting COVID stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, economic stuff. Now, but the pre-show meeting, we go through what clip? Yes, I know. You're shocked. We have a pre-show meeting, and it still turns out like this. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um, so we're going over the clips we have, and you said we have the horse from the Kentucky Derby talking about whether or not it was, he took steroids. To me, that buries the lead. <laughs> now, steroids, I'm a very talented animal. Story, steroids is not really the story if we have the horse from the Kentucky Derby denying that he took I steroids. I hate to uh, you know derail a, what sounds like a fabulous comedy bit before it begins, but I think you may have mis- misunderstood. What do we have? We have the trainer. The trainer. Yeah. The great oh, okay. Bob Baffert. Oh, okay. Well, then that's not near as exciting as if we had the horse denying it. Well, they gave me something to drink right before post time, but I don't know what it was. Did you take performance-enhancing drugs? Nay. Nice. Put your hoof on the Bible. (laughs) Truth, the whole truth, nothing truth. Did you take them? Nay. I'm invoking the Fifth Amendment. (laughs) Nay. Did you see Donald Trump's tweet about Noah? This is how bad America is right now. The Kentucky Derby winning horse is now taking drugs. Everything is falling apart. I did apart. not see it. Yeah, well, he's great. It's pretty good. And he's yeah. Anyway, this is Joe Biden's America. What happens huh. if it turns out the winning horse uh, took Barry Bonds' drugs? I noticed. I watched a little Kentucky Derby. That horse had a giant head and tiny testicles. I knew something was going on there. Performed the pre-race examination, did you? Uh, Very the much second- like Barry Bonds. The second place horse is declared the winner, mm. and and in terms of what the the horsey said, saw the, the race. owners you came in second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but everybody you bet and all, oh, how does uh, that work? I don't know. I mean, I that's can... millions and millions of people. I don't think you can fix that. Can no, you? I think no, no. What are you gonna are you gonna call me up and say that money you won? We need it back. I spent but, it. That twenty three dollars you won. We're gonna need that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that happens. Um, I'll tell you what I want to. I want to get through our little uh, routine here, so we can get to the opening clip because I want to. Dis- little routine, a little dismissive. <laughs> I agree. Thank you, positive Sean. <laughs> I want to get through our little routine because I want to get to the opening clip because I want to discuss that before we take a break because it's worth discussing. 
Scott Godley on Face the Nation yesterday talking about where we are with masks. I mean, just freaking unbelievable. I don't know why this isn't the biggest headline in America today. Anyway, uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. And that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, still wearing a mask in the hallways for some reason. How are you this morning, Mike? Actually, I think that's going to stop. I, I got one shot already. I got the Pfizer on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, went really well. Had no problems with side effects or anything. It's been perfect. Team and, Pfizer, yes. But I did see this morning that Dr. Fauci said by next Mother's Day, we should be normal. Yeah, the, I, I, I haven't heard that in context. I don't know, because people set up Dr. Fauci for failure all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. By next Mother's Day, could things be back to normal? And then he answers and says, yes, by next Mother's Day thing. And then the headline is, Dr. Fauci says, by next. And then people like us say, by next Mother's Day, things are normal now. What are you talking about? But he was asking unfair questions, so I need to hear that in context. But wait till you hear Dr. Gottlieb coming up, Michael. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well on uh, on essentially your urging and your urging alone. I, uh, I, I took in the movie Mank over the weekend, and uh, that's actually a bit of a misstatement because I was so impressed with the the technical prowess of the movie over the first 30 minutes, I actually stopped, and I want to finish watching it on a big screen. Yeah, the, 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 I, I haven't wanted to see a movie on a big screen ever. It wasn't ever Kong as much vs. As... Godzilla or Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Those, like, all the typical kind of big action special effects things, but these things that had real sets and were using kind of real camera tricks and old school... Like, I was, oh, I, I want to see this on a well, big screen as I can see. Give me a for instance. I'm 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 fascinated. What do you mean? Um the lack of green screen just really jumped out to me. And who knows, maybe this was just really good green screen and made it look like it was, you know, with <laughs> yeah, the right, hills right. in the background or whatever. But it, huh, it seemed okay. like it was the the way the camera panned from room to room felt much more like the just how movies were made. Yeah. yeah. It, it looks yeah. like an old movie. And they go out of their way to make it look like an old movie, including like little like specs that'll show up in the, yeah, the, the little cigarette huh. burns that used to be in the film or whatever. And yeah. they do the right. full, like, slow music with the credits over the opening. You're so used to not seeing that. Oh, see. That's but, torturous. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it was the most nominated movie for Golden Globes and Oscars. Didn't win Best Picture, but it was most nominated by far. And it's the most striking movie visually I've ever seen. Hmm. That's what I was saying last week. So, wow. If you want to okay. watch something, I'd check out Mank. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Monday, May 10th. The year 2021, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin. Officially now, according to FCC, rules and regs at Mark. You look at San Francisco, 20 cases a day, more than 70% of the population vaccinated, very good testing in place. They don't need uh, mask ordinances indoors anymore, and certainly not outside. They don't need mask ordinances indoors, says Scott Gottlieb of San Francisco and much of the country. Indoors. Yeah. Now, we were told by the CDC and Dr. Fauci a couple weeks ago that outdoors, eh, you should probably still have a mask on, you know, if you're with a couple of people and you're distanced, maybe, oh, and you've been vaccinated, but uh, still a little day. No! Gottlieb saying indoors we don't need to wear masks anymore, and he goes through the numbers of the uh, in, in, like, California and lots of places around the country. We are so low in terms of uh, COVID around, and so high in number of people that either have had it or gotten the shot, it just doesn't make any sense. And the reason he got into that was the economic numbers. He said there are people talking about the 
generous benefits keep keeping people from working, and that's its own topic. And the number of people that are scared to go back to work. Well, yeah, you're scared if you still drive by your local restaurant and it's closed, or you show up and everybody's in a mask. It's going to put in your head that we're in the midst of a pandemic. If people see everybody walking around with no mask on, they're going to be a lot more likely to go to work. Yeah, it was interesting. Judy and I spent uh, Saturday at a kind of a touristy town with art galleries and, and that sort of thing. And we were going in and out of businesses. And there were people who were thoroughly masked outside, not near anybody, just always masked. And there were buildings, uh, there were uh, businesses that said no masks required. Or you'd walk in and say, do you want masks? they say, nah, don't worry about it. So you had the full range. And it's, it's clearly at this point, with the exception if you're not vaccinated or whatever, you're super vulnerable. Of course, you ought to be vaccinated if that's your case. But it's clearly a sociopolitical thing at this point. Yeah, and it's really I, I, interesting to watch, to I'm, observe. Have you heard that headline anywhere that Scott Gottlieb said that yesterday on Face the Nation? I haven't. No, I've heard the no. Dr. Fauci by Mother's Day next year, we could be back to normal. Gottlieb saying we should relax mask mandates across the country now, right now. His his argument, and this is a damned good argument, his argument is we need to repeal these rules every bit as fast as we put them in because there's a chance that this resurfaces in the fall, COVID. And, you know, in areas where there hasn't been as many vaccinations and that and, and mutations or whatever, and it bubbles back up. And he said, you're not going to have the confidence of the people about the government if they don't see them reacting, you know, in a scientific way. If the government right. doesn't open up now and stay shut down and every, when normal people are looking around and saying, what the hell, this is ridiculous, you're not going to get people to throw on masks in the fall if the COVID comes back. Yeah, I was just checking the San Francisco Chironicle. They have nothing about it. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He's one, he's one of, to me, he is the leading scientist, leading voice in America. He's certainly in the top two or three said San Francisco should get rid of indoor mask mandates not in the chronicle today that's just unbelievable cuz you don't because you don't want it to be true it's that atlantic article about liberals can't let go of the pandemic that's what it is you just don't want to let go of it for some weird weird reason well they do have a headline fauci says indoor mask guidance can quote start being more liberal yeah, I'd say he's by... open to relaxing. It was like that comedy bit we played. He's open to contemplating the consideration of the idea, perhaps, of debating <laughs> the idea. Right. Get rid of mask mandates everywhere that it makes sense, which is most places. This is crazy. Just twelve more months, Jack. <laughs> twelve more months to flatten the curve, Jack. Come on. Anyway, we'll be talking more about that later. How does a uh, mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. Some real wit and wisdom. Okay. All on the way. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Because I listened to the Armstrong and Getty show, I heard the stories last week of people who got rich off Dogecoin in a short period of time, so I did the smart thing. I went all in on Friday with Dogecoin. Yes. Every cent I had, I put into Dogecoin on Friday, so what's that? What did, what what happened over the week? Hmm? It went down how much? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Turns out much... FOMO, not the greatest investing strategy. <laughs> <laughs> How much did it go down? 30% was what I saw yesterday. It's rebounded a little bit today. Um, still 30%. Part, partially because Elon Musk is actually talking about putting a Dogecoin on the moon. Uh, much of the <laughs> cryptocurrency vernacular is like when stocks go up, they're saying these things are going to the moon, right? So, so Elon saying I'm going to actually put one on the moon has caused a little bit of a rebound mm. as such things go in the meme economy. This is the why meme economy. This is why God grants us the sweet gift of mortality. The modern world is just too much. But so what I've got just to get good at is reading the memes of the meme economy because there is money in the meme economy if you can read the meme properly. Right, and if I had you know paid more attention to that, I could have gotten in on the good stuff. Although I wouldn't have gotten out at the right time, I don't think. Although once it hits, once I'm talking about it on this show, it's time to get out. I think that's a pretty good standard. Yes, Elon on SNL was one of the bigger uh, real life examples of sell the news that I've seen in a long time. Um, Buy the rumor, sell the news. They say in the stock market. Yeah, Dogecoin. You say on the moon. (laughs) It's digital. What does that mean? Mailbag. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. I'm going to go with John Adams again for at least a couple days this week. Second president of the United States. Critical founding papa. One termer. Loser. A man of larger carriage, which was fairly rare in those days. Hmm. Not a lot of fat guys. He had the gene. What are you going to do? When people talk... Oh, no, that was the wrong one. There it is. There is danger from all men. The only maxim of a free government ought to be to trust no man living with power to endanger the public liberty. Mm. Amen to that, Johnny Boy. Tom and SoCal writes, Guys, I was fascinated by the segment last week about the physicists challenging a group of people to pass down great knowledge to a newly started civilization, but only using one sentence. What one sentence would impart the most information? I spent some time thinking about this over the weekend, and the best one I could come up with is, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all people are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's a pretty danged good choice, Tom. Very good. Put holes in the potato before you microwave it. That's a good mm, one. Mm, mm, mm. Way to poop on the moment there, Sean. <laughs> Not only... Am I a patriotic fellow and uh, and 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 uh, think very highly of the Constitution? In fact, I drink bourbon out of a glass emblazoned with the words of the preamble to the Constitution. It's my own little tribute. Wow! Uh, I think that is actually a great choice. I feel like too many of mine are microwave related. <laughs> Don't trust the popcorn instructions. Listen to when the yeah. popping slows down I, to one to two I seconds. I agree with that. I agree yes. with that one hundred percent. Excellent advice. Uh, Tom goes on. Here are some others that might be helpful to a newly formed civilization. If a little-known Austrian lance corporal really wants to be a professional painter, he should be encouraged to do so <laughs> and be given as much positive reinforcement as possible. Or he offers this one. Pass on to a new civilization. If there's a hole in the sky where a tree once was, <laughs> somebody's making money. What's that hole in the sky where the tree once was? Oh, no. Somebody's making money. Oh, there's a hole in the sky where the tree once me? was. Somebody's making the money. Now that's going to be stuck in, in my head in all day. Thanks for nothing. Please, please shut up. Was that Portland or Seattle where that happened? Seattle. 
I'm, I'm pretty certain it was CNN. Similar sort of circumstances, though. Some rioting over the weekend in Portland. A bunch of businesses busted up and people arrested, as usual. Of course. Of course. Uh, and Tom's final contribution, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes, but it's still best to have an early dinner. Yeah. There you go. Next civilization, good luck with that. We had an early dinner. Uh, we're all human. We You're an all idiot. fall short sometimes. You're a terrible governor. Listen, boys, writes uh, Anthony, West Coast refugee now in Georgia. The origin of Jen Psaki's Lady G reference is more than a gay slur toward Lindsey Graham. A little over a year ago, I went down this rabbit hole on Reddit. At the time Psaki tweeted that, a coalition of D.C. male prostitutes were allegedly about to go public, citing decades of encounters with the senator, who is supposedly well-known in that community as Lady G. The story never surfaced beyond Internet rumors and eventually died. But Joan Saki fueling that fire was shameful. I'm not a fan of Lindsey Graham personally, but Jen Saki's a bigot. So uh, she was trying to throw shade on him around the idea that he was seeing uh, male prostitutes or something? Well, right, and she was referencing that story because it had died and she didn't want it to die. So, mm-hmm. so she wanted to throw little clues out there. It she is, didn't have the guts to just state it. It is amazing in the modern world that she's get, able to get away with saying that and stay press secretary. Uh, we need to talk about COVID. We need to talk about the economy. Lots of things we need to talk about. Hope you can stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know if you guys were following the news today, but a space rocket that was spinning out of control just minutes ago crashed into the ocean. And for once, we know it's not Elon's fault. (laughs) A lot of people have been wondering, why is he hosting our show? And now we know it's because he needed an alibi. So we'll have more throughout the the day of Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live. But um, uh, so that big piece of Chinese communist space junk didn't crash to Earth, but fell in the Indian Ocean and didn't kill a whole bunch of people, which is nice. That you kind of made it sound like it killed some people. It uh-huh. didn't kill a whole bunch of people. It fell into the ocean and perhaps gave a fish a headache. But other than that, it seems to have been harmless. Dirty commies. We've Get got. Across- We've got many things to talk about today, and we're going to try to bring you up to speed on all of them, because I hope you had a good weekend and didn't spend much time uh, perusing the news. Yeah, some of them are are big and important, and some are just kind of interesting. I came across a really interesting uh, piece in Wired.com about uh, the uh, the Facebook advisory board deciding that it was proper to kick President Trump off and that uh, they can take six months to figure out what the proper penalty or span of time is or whatever which seems awfully long but the uh the guy that's in charge of that or at least the guy that was on the uh the talk shows yesterday said facebook's facebook's rules are arbitrary and what was the phrase he used you find that i thought it was interesting though that he said that um oh yeah he said they're arbitrary and inconsistent Mm -hmm. okay sure yeah we'll, we'll try not to be arbitrary and inconsistent there uh zuckerberg can you imagine saying, all right, now we need to decide how long to keep Trump off and other people who do this sort of thing. Why don't you take six months to think about it? 
That'd be like six hours is too much. Yeah, right. That's that's crazy. I think it's it's like when uh, a president announces a commission to study slave reparations or something like that. It's a it's a delaying tactic. It's a way to get you to forget about it. But anyway, I, I thought thought this piece on in Wired was pretty interesting. They were talking about well, one of the board statements went on uh, after talking about Trump and his high level of influence. The reach of his posts was large, 35 million followers on on Facebook, 24 million on Instagram. It's not always useful, though, to draw a firm distinction between political leaders and other influential users, recognizing that other users with large audiences can also contribute to serious risks of harm. And what this article is talking about was, you know, Trump may have abused Facebook from a certain point of view, Um but the problem is Facebook. The problem is the power its algorithms give people, and that needs to be regulated. Now, I don't know how the heck that's going to work. I don't even understand, you know. I, I couldn't give you step one of a ten-step explanation of how Facebook works. Um, but I thought that was interesting because it does give people enormous power, and they're not elected or, or chosen or anything like that. They're just all of a sudden crazy powerful. And one more tech story. This one, uh, easy to understand. You remember the big um, argument about uh, net neutrality when that was a big story? Mm-hmm. Speaking of things I only partly understand. Uh, turns out, of the 22 million comments that were submitted to the FCC, nearly 18 million were fake. And the the cable, the big cable companies... Uh, generated 8.5 million fake comments using real people's names and submitted them to the FCC. Does that not strike you as extraordinary? Yes. After a three, after a years-long process of obtaining and analyzing tens of thousands of inter- internal emails, documents, etc., the cable companies all pooled uh, millions of dollars and hired a company to generate eight and a half million fake comments. In favor of what they wow. wanted to happen. That's amazing. And then the FCC chairman refused requests for evidence of this because that's what he wanted to happen too. So uh, the office found that millions of fake comments were submitted through a secret campaign funded by the country's largest broadband companies to manufacture support for the repeal of existing net neutrality rules using lead generators. And if you remove all the fake comments, 98.5% of the genuine comments opposed the broadband company. That is amazing. That just that just shows you where we are with our national discussions on things and how smart people have figured out, yeah, you, you manipulate, manipulate it through all kinds of different ways, online ways, social media ways, whatever. That's amazing. Well, and it took now, what, three years, three and a half years to figure this out. And so at the time, the FCC guy and, and, and the broadband companies were touting, look, I mean, the, the comments to the FCC are running three to one in right. favor. Right. It's un, unfreaking I, I wonder how many other issues that happens on. I don't know. It's disturbing, though. I'd say. What, what the hell do you believe these days? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And uh, one of my favorite podcasters in the world, Sam Harris, has said that. Um, uh, James Lindsay has said that another favorite podcaster of mine uh, that uh, have said it is so hard now to figure out what's true. And I said my both those guys said I have friends ask me all the time what's true and what's not. I don't know. And they said it's really, really hard to figure out. It is. Wow. Yeah. Disturbing. I'd say it is. 
This and you is, thought you already hated the big broadband companies. Um, this is easy to understand. Uh, unfortunately, Wall Street Journal, higher prices leave consumers feeling the pinch. Rising costs for everything from fresh fruit to freezers are reshaping uh, purchase decisions all across America. Uh, text us with what you've paid for recently that you're like, what? Uh, 415-295-KFTC. Every time I buy anything, pretty much, certainly when I go to the grocery store, because I know, you know, I don't pay attention as I'm buying it what it costs. But at the end, I have a rough idea what it's going to add up to in my mind, just roughly. Mm-hmm. And then it, lately, it's always been way more than that. It's like, what? I just bought $150 worth of groceries. I got like six things. How's wow. that even possible? I mean, the prices of everything is they're just skyrocketing. Huh. How much is that supply chain and how much is uh, traditional inflation? That's what everybody wants to know. That is what everybody wants to know. Freaking scary, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, you'd almost have to go on a case-by-case basis to understand what's going on. Oh, that reminds me, we got this email from John uh, about the uh, the rental car situation. And he was going to go from Seattle to Boise. To fl- he's going to fly Seattle to Boise and then uh, rent a car to drive to Twin Falls to visit one of his sons. He uh, he goes to the rent a car agency. Two days would cost him $800. It's cheaper to fly to Twin Falls, Idaho wow. than a rent a car for two days. That's nuts. You're talking about uh, it is. You're talking about what to believe. I want to get into this article later that I came across. Belonging is stronger than facts. The age of misinformation. The mm-hmm. idea that if it's on my side, it's got more power than anything that could be construed as a fact. That's a really good headline. Yeah. Belonging is stronger than facts. The age of mis- misinformation. Social and psychological forces are the drivers of misinformation. An endemic problem with no easy solution. Our columnist writes in the uh, New York Times that uh, I, I say this about too many things, but that could be the story of our times. I mean, if if all human beings are operating on a different sets of facts, how, how do you structure society? I can't even imagine. Well, especially a society where, for instance, the government health people can say your business needs to shut down, yours gets to stay open, you need to do this, the schools are closed, the rest of it. I mean, if you have that much power and people are operating on different sets of facts, that's a bad uh, that's a bad formula. I want to talk a little bit about masking and schools opening and businesses opening and wearing masks indoors and all that sort of stuff coming up. And a, uh, a good question Jake Tapper asked the White House yesterday on CNN. We'll get to that coming up, but this story really um, uh, put a, a bee in my bonnet. I wear a, I wear a bonnet. I know this is it's, radio, so you can't see it, but it's becoming too. It's my it's, it's my it's my gimmick. I tried a toothpick mm-hmm. in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I've tried a bunch of different gimmicks. The bonnet seems to have caught on. <laughs> that's good. Oh, I Jack, remember your scarf that, phase. Yeah, yeah, I wore a scarf for a while. Jack, he's the guy with the bonnet. Yeah, that's you me. look like Freddie from Scooby Doo. This put a this put a bee in my bonnet. Alamo renovation gets stuck over arguments about slavery. So in San Antonio, they're trying to do a big, giant facelift of the Alamo, which, if you've never been there, is super cool. One of my favorite stories of a kid, as a kid, for lots of men across America, particularly, I think, as boys, the John Wayne movie and the Disney stuff and everything else. The Alamo is such a great story. We loved it. Well, they're trying to do a big facelift. It's it, it, it's due and, it, and like expand its footprint and have a museum next to it and everything like that. Mm. The way it currently is, it's just kind of standing there like uh, just you walk around the corner. That's the Alamo right there. I mean, because there's, there's stuff right around it. 
and uh, and people everywhere, and it's just it just seems kind of weird. It seems like it huh. should be, but anyway, they've gotten into all of these problems that happen in the modern world about well, some of the people that defended the Al- Alamo were slaveholders, so should we honor those people, or this should be even uh. something we even talk about? And the Alamo itself is built over what was an indigenous people's burial ground, and so you've got that issue, and because of all these issues, they can't get anything done at all. On the Alamo, there are so many people that think it shouldn't even be something that we uh, we look toward as a um, uh, you know an icon of American history to start with. No, for the love of God! So they just can't get anywhere on it. I know, for the love of God, that's the way I feel. It's just so tiring. They don't How do big in- is the Alamo? Is it like the size of a Seven Eleven or a football stadium or what? I've never had the pleasure. Oh, it's much closer to a Seven Eleven than a football stadium. It's bigger than the average Seven Eleven, though. But it's, it's okay. not that big. Um, and then you think about all those uh, dudes in there uh, fighting for their lives and dying. It's it's something. But um, other countries haven't done this. Can you imagine how difficult this would be to do in France, for instance, when you've had so many? Uh, Texas is proud for being six flags because six flags have flown over Texas. How many how many different flags have flown over various parts of France? Oh, please. Throughout the years. Yeah. Or, or pick lots of places on the planet. And if they got, got all tied up in knots over these different sorts of things, you wouldn't be able to have anything. Now, John the Conqueror was uh, in favor of pulling people's thumbs off, so we probably should not have a commemorative stone for him. But what about the Gaelic people and the Gauls and the, 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 the Huns and then the Moors and the various people throughout the centuries? How are you going to have anything? Right, right. No, you can't have a, a monument to them. They were rapists or, or whatever, or woke or not woke or had slaves. Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's okay to commemorate history. And it, nobody was perfect. You're not perfect. That whole, it, it's, I swear, people don't understand this. Presentism is the world's most naked, humble brag. It's you saying, I'm better than the heroes of history. I'm more noble than them. No, you're not. What year was the Alamo? I'm guessing 1837. Can you look that up, uh, Sean? Remember the Alamo? Why, I do. I do. We were just talking about it. Yeah. I'm probably I mean, gonna, how could I have forgotten already? Tear it down and put up a Jamba Juice. Or they'll serve, Jamba, they'll, they'll serve the Jamba Juice like right out of the where, you know, Davy Crockett stuck his rifle. They'll just <laughs> stick the Jamba Juice right out that hole. So the year 1836. <laughs> I was very close. Um, uh, 30 years before slavery ended. So some of the people that were in the Alamo had slaves. I, what? what? So you can't have anything then. We can't have anything. So bigger than a 7-Eleven. How about like a big five sporting goods? About that size? Or? That's about the right size. Okay. That's about the right size for the But Alamo smaller record. than like a Payless shoe source. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it. I was uh, driving through um, the part of uh, Texas where the Alamo was. and was, San Antonio, near well, the Riverwalk? Yeah, it was with a, with a friend, and we were full on uh, just touristy. We we're like, hey, we're, we're close by. Let's check out the Alamo. So we pulled up on our smartphones, Alamo. Tell, tell me where to go, Siri. I don't know where I'm going. And so we're driving where the dot is, like, right on the Alamo. And we're looking. All we see is, like, like Subway and, you know, liquor store. And the, so, so we pull over, ask a local, hey, where's the Alamo? And they point to the other side of the street and just look at us like we're yeah. the dumbest couple of Westerners yeah. they've that, ever that, seen. That's what I was saying about, though. It's just there. It's just sitting yeah. right there like, wait a second. It shouldn't it be, like, have a fence around it or, like, a... Ticket taker. <laughs> Big just, parking lots yeah, and exactly. such. No, yeah. no, it's just, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so many kids still not going to school. It's a tragedy when you've got Dr. Gottlieb saying we don't even need to wear masks indoors anymore. All that on the way.
is still good policy to wear the mask. Is it really necessary for a fully vaccinated person to wear a mask at a limited indoor gathering if everyone there is vaccinated? Well, the CDC has given guidance that when you're with family and friends that are vaccinated in small groups, you don't need a mask. So why does President Biden in a room full of vaccinated journalists Look, with everybody in that room vaccinated, why does he need to wear a mask? The president is going to continue to follow the CDC guidance. Okay, so that's a representative from the White House talking with Jake Tapper on CNN. And I appreciate that at least Jake Tapper, and I wish more of the mainstream media would go this direction. Look, it's now harming society. This whole, I'm going to be so smart, I'm going to wear a mask even though I don't need one, because that'll make people think masks are a good idea. All right, we're past that. You don't need to wear masks outside. Now even Dr. Gottlieb is saying, we don't need to wear masks inside most areas. And the president and this awful jobs report that we had come out last week, a big chunk of it, according to all thinkers, is is hesitancy of people going back to work because they're scared of the COVID. Well, hey, Mr. President, lead on the economy by not wearing a mask when you're vaccinated and surrounded by other people that aren't vaccinated. So people realize, oh, okay, we're past the worst part of this. If people are vaccinated, you don't need masks. Instead of sending the signal, no, we're still deep deep into this pandemic. Things are every bit as bad as they were before. That's just stupid and unproductive. Boy, and if you look, you combine that, the really manufactured fear of COVID, and I have some good examples of that, uh, combined with the fact that people are making so much money not working, they have no incentive to work, how much is bad government policy impacting the economy? Almost entirely. I mean, I, I could bring you labor shortage stories from eight different states I've come across of late. And I'm sure I could bring you 50 states worth if I take the time to do it. But, man, that's that's amazing. You got this this lady. Listen to this. Uh, Amy, she's a fifth grade teacher in Charlotte. She's already had COVID. Her husband did, too. Now both of them have been vaccinated. And they have desire to see friends and extended family, but then we shoot the idea down. There are weighty questions. What if people came and did get sick? You don't want to put someone under pressure to come. Do you serve food? I don't know. Maybe it's too complicated. There was a lady wrote a uh, opinion piece for the, the USA Today. I have it around here somewhere, but uh, she hasn't hugged her adult children in a year. You're a crazy person. You you have an, an in a, well maybe you're not mentally ill you have an inability to understand mathematics. I was pretty surprised. I heard Neil Kashkari. He ran for governor of California back in the day. We've had him on the air a couple of times now. He's the head of some financial something or other for the government. Um, he's a you know a thinker on uh, the economy. I saw him on one of the talk shows yesterday, and he said, "Yeah, my wife and I uh, flew for the first time in a year this weekend." I thought, really. A mover and shaker like you haven't been on a plane in a year? Wow. Wow. I've got an, a, 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 a son with an immune uh, problem. And we flew. I mean, I flew a couple of times. I know you flew tons of times, Joe. Oh, yeah. I, just, yeah. I was yeah. shocked. Across the country. That he, yeah. So, yeah, th- 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 I don't know. But um, so you get to the school thing. Uh, still acting like 
you know, we're in the deep, the depths of the pandemic, like it's last summer or something. Only a small slice of American schools remain fully closed, says the New York Times, misleading you, as I'll get to. 12% of elementary and middle schools, according to a federal survey, as well as a minority of high schools, are, remain closed. But the percentage of students learning fully remotely is much greater. More than a third of fourth and eighth graders and even a larger group of high school students are learning remotely. A majority of black, Hispanic, and Asian American students remain out of school. A majority. And if you want them in school, you're a white supremacist. And that first sentence, those first two sentences are completely misleading, misleading because I know a local school to me that's considered, you know, open. They go to school for half a day. They don't do much. And and that's every other week, and then the rest of the time they're on Zoom for half a day. So at best, even if they were doing it fully, they're getting half their education, but they're not even in the learning at the normal rate anyway. So a lot of the schools that are so-called open aren't actually open anyway. When you've got scientists like Dr. Gottlieb saying, we don't even need to wear masks indoors, let alone outdoors. Right, and he wasn't even talking about children, and children are particularly not at, in danger at this point. It's really, it's, it's incredibly frustrating and a little bit scary yeah, to I'd see say. the divorce between reality and policy. I would have never thought that we'd shoot this far past the science with the we follow the science crowd to where now we're fully into just emotional, political something or other. It's just weird. 